Hello and welcome to Unedited, the fortnightly podcast where we will explore the opportunities and challenges the retail industry is facing. Brought to you by Grace Hill and Vicky Giles. From fashion, beauty and homeware, Grace and I will cover industry topics and shed light on how retailers can create a brighter future. Hi Vicky. Hi Grace, how are you today? Very good. I think I'm just about recovering from our Christmas party last week and subsequent parties. <laughs> You've had many parties over the past couple many of days? Many parties. I feel like I've been drunk since Tuesday. It's very unprofessional. <laughs> but um, how about you? Yeah, no, not so much with the drinking uh, for me at the moment. Um, more of the uh, ordering of copious packages uh, online, which are causing a bit of a problem in the mailroom down. She's a real nuisance in the mailroom. I'm a mailroom pest. <laughs> <laughs> so today we have Kayla Marcy and Tara Drury from our in-house analyst team for a very special and not at all tenuously linked 12 days of Christmas theme, uh, where we'll be looking at the top trends to look out for in 2020. So you'll have seen Kayla, she writes our weekly blog, which um, is included in our insider briefing. And she's actually fresh off the plane from Kiev, where she was presenting at the Vogue Ukraine's annual conference. And Tara is our menswear specialist. With over nine years industry experience, she is responsible for all of our menswear coverage that's found within Edited. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Nice to be here. (laughs) Congratulations on episode five. (laughs) I know, we've made it. (laughs) You said it wouldn't last. So, should we get kicking off with our 12 trends for Christmas? Uh, we should clarify that uh, we are talking about the infamous 12 Days of Christmas song here. And starting off, uh, that on the first day of Christmas, my true love sent to me a partridge in a pear tree, or should we say a tropical palm tree, analysts? Absolutely, Vicky. Um, as um, we've, we've been talking about for quite some time, the palm tree was um, so important on the spring 2020 runway, um, especially at Versailles on JLo who completely shut down um, the entire fashion week um, so already we've seen retailers um, take this print into their own assortments um, most notably Fashion Nova has already been sued for cheekily knocking it off um, so this is something retailers really need to be aware of when incorporating this particular print um, because we know it's going to be huge on the radar next um, year for women's and for teens. Um, really important for the Gen Z market. JLo's really got some airtime, I feel like, on this podcast with that dress. She has. We can't stop talking about it. No, yeah. we can't. Yeah. With good reason. Yeah. <laughs> she looked smoking in it. She did. She, she, did. she really did. Um, So in terms of colourways, we know that um, brights are associated with this pattern. However, a great update to the trend is to take a more subtler approach and tone down shades. We saw this um, at Giorgio Armani and Kate Spade um, for spring 2020, as well as Marnie did a more abstract tropical print. So this is another way where you can incorporate this um, amazing print um, and still stand out from your competitors because everybody is going to be doing the J-Lo print. I think this totally applies to menswear as well. Fendi went super soft and subtle on their tropical prints, and it's just such a great way to kind of update the more bright, garish tropical print shirts. They're just so saturated in the market, so there needs to be a bit of a change there. And cod looks for men as well. They've really grown over the last few seasons. Uh, Dolce & Gabbana were big fans on the spring 2020 runway. Um, 
last summer we saw the sort of matching shirt swim short co-order merge definitely something to carry through to next year it's a great way to entice customers sort of purchase more within their holiday edits and you know great for lads holidays mm. absolutely <laughs> you're gonna make a statement in a tropical uh, cohort aren't you on the beach you really are yeah. and what a way to increase your you know average order value have a little matching short as well to match back to that shirt lovely so on the second day of Christmas, my edited analyst gave to me two, not turtle doves, but turtlenecks. Yeah, so turtlenecks have really come back into favour within menswear. I mean, edited Christmas party, fair few boys are wearing them. A lot, weren't yeah. they? And it wasn't just because it was cold. No, they looked good though. They did, I they particularly like them under the velvet blazers. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into velvet blazers later. Um, but yeah, retailers continue to ramp up investments each full season. We're even seeing a sort of like rise in spring as well. SS19 arrivals across US and UK rose 67% compared to last year. So you want to kind of go slimmer fits, lighter yarns, even jersey. That's kind of perfect for this sort of summer roll neck. And it also ties in very nicely with the growing 70s trend. So we saw the revival of the Charlie's Angel reboot. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Leo wore very sexy mm-hmm. mustard turtleneck. Yeah, that. Yeah. I feel Big. like he's single-handedly like spearheading the men's yeah, turtleneck trend. Absolutely. Yeah. He really is. And the dad bod trend. Oh yeah, yeah. You, love, yeah. you love a dad bod. I love a dad bod. Taylor loves a dad bod. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I feel like I'm really trying to channel my inner 70s with my camel. But not the dad bod. Minus the dad bod. But yeah, absolutely. It translates over to women's wear as well. Um, Not just for, um, you know, ladies our age, but also in the mid and mature markets or particular success with cashmere for turtlenecks. Um, And exactly as Tara said, we're seeing retailers start to invest in this um, for spring as well, Um, giving it a fresh update with um, lighter knits as well as those softer spring colour palettes. And in time for party season, we're starting to see some embellishment and a bit of sparkle in the fabrications come through. I guess it's one of those things now, kind of, it's a transitional piece as well, isn't it? Mm. It's something that really helps you create a bit of longevity in your wardrobe so if you're going spring into autumn you can layer mm-hmm. it up and it and, and it means you're wearing your your pretty summer dresses but layered up with uh, yeah. turtlenecks and stuff and it or makes a big difference or one with a skirt and different options i know you've mentioned the summer update for men's turtlenecks how do you see that like summer updates of turtlenecks and menswear so just like a much finer gauge knit um probably like mock necks as well yeah. so it's just like it's not like full oh. neck mm. um full and coverage. then and then also you know like introduction of like half zip details that's mm. like a really great way to sort of still make it a bit bit summer yeah. i feel like that's a huge thing that we've seen especially in the women's wear market is like that quarter zip half mm-hmm. zip oh, it's yeah that's that's another trend that's just massively on grown yeah and on the third day of Christmas, of course, we had three French hens, which we've really linked beautifully to currently situation within the UK of Brexit. Sounds like <laughs> yes. a swear word. Tell us all about it, <laughs> Our resident so, Australian Brexit. expert on Brexit. Yes, well, yeah, I'm here as a European citizen, so Brexit is obviously very awkward topic for me. Um, But um, uh, what we're seeing is um, retailers really backing um, French slogans, particularly at the start of the year. Um, And a lot of retailers kind of picked up on this trend as a way to show their support for the European Union. Um, And we saw um, 
uh, a lot of the younger generations buying into this as they are the ones who are at the front of this particular movement. Um, back in March, obviously, original peak Brexit period, it's changed so many different times. <laughs> Since then, um, we tracked 252 options of this kind of slogan tease, ASOS and Zalando and Little Woods being the main stockists. So we saw a lot of the stripes with we oui or mercy on the pocket. And then you had those big out there slogans like, uh, uh, less regrets, more baguettes. Or, that was my favourite. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> wonderful. And of course, if Brexit happens, it will be less baguettes, yeah, yeah. which no Sorry. one wants. I like a baguette. Oh, me um, too. <laughs> but, you know, now the dates have moved to January 2020. Potentially. So, yeah. Yeah. Potentially. <laughs> <on Thursday. laughs> um, so we can probably expect to see a resurgence of these sort of slogans, I think. And maybe, like, EU blue coming through a bit stronger especially with Classic Blue being Pantone of the Year for 2020. Um, yeah. Political move, do you believe? Yeah. Well, we've already seen, like, Meghan Markle decked out in this EU oh, yeah. blue. She loves, she loves EU blue. And the Queen do it and as the well. the Queen, oh, yeah. 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 Secret, you know, subliminal message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now suddenly it's Pantone Colour of the Year. It cannot Spooky. all be a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Do you know what happened on the fourth day of Christmas? What did you get? What did you, my true love, Grace, give to me on the fourth day of Christmas? Maybe four calling birds. It was. It was. <laughs> now, <laughs> please tell me, Tara, how have we linked <laughs> four calling birds to a trend for spring twenty twenty? Firstly, I gotta say there are a lot of birds in this song. Like <laughs> the love for birds is real. The love for birds in uh, anime and manga is also very real. <laughs> what a, an amazing <laughs> link! Do you like what I did there? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this year's been massive for anime within fashion. Stars like Billie Eilish have really helped popularise this art form. Uniqlo also, they launched their manga range back in May. That was really successful. So it's definitely it's definitely growing. Mm-hmm. And then next year, of course, the Tokyo Olympics are being held. Um, so this is where we'll start to see Japanese art and fashion really be at the forefront. Um, not just birds, it's not just all about the birds, <laughs> though it does seem like it, but also um, a lot of dragon prints um, were noted on the recent runways and we've seen retailers before incorporate the Great Wave um, or other traditional Japanese art into fashion, so that's something to definitely look out for as well. And we've got the the V&A kimono exhibition oh, yeah. up soon, oh, which I think is going to be amazing. Mm. I love a kimono. Yeah, I don't mind a kimono. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Up next, we have My True Love Gave to Me five... What's the carrot? (laughs) Five gold rings. (laughs) (laughs) Which can only possibly be linked to one thing. Gold hoops. (laughs) The bigger the hoop. The bigger the hoop. Absolutely. Um, we saw oversized hoops out in force um, in spring 2020 on the catwalk, particularly at Versace. Again, going back to JLo. Um, and retailers are really pushing accessories and jewellery at the moment as it is the time of year where everyone starts to promote their party wear assortments. Um, we're also, for next year, keeping in mind um, other updates to the classic hoop. Uh, we're seeing a lot of resin, chunky um, styles, as well as using pearl embellishments to really create a point of difference. Um, 
This style is um, going to be particularly core in retailers' assortment, of course, because there is all this importance of nostalgia in fashion and the revival of 90s trends. So we've flagged um, hoop earrings as a key buy, um, particularly within the teen girls' market. Um, not too sure about teen boys, though. I think just menswear in general. You know, it's not a no, but it's <laughs> not going to be dominant let's say. Mm -hmm. I think what you want to focus on is chains. So they were featured quite a lot in the men's shows. And just last week, um, oh, what's he called? Timothée Chamelet. 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 Someone please tell us how to pronounce his name. <laughs> I love a YouTube pronunciation yes. video. They're my yeah. favourite. Yeah, I did actually look for one. Didn't find one. So There's I've, gone for, I've gone for how I feel like it should be pronounced. Uh, so he's just a huge influence with men's fashion at the he's moment. He's like the only man. Yeah, I guess it's like him, only he maybe exists. Harry Styles yeah. occasionally in Gucci. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and 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 Tim Timothy. 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 Just all the, the beautiful all boys. All the beautiful boys. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, he was seen in a Virgil Abloh design Louis Vuitton sort of chain, like quite chunky but really beautiful. Louis Vuitton just generally is a great designer for inspiration for jewellery. Um, and then also layered chains uh, was noted quite a lot on the runway. Uh, it's also just a great way to convince your consumers to just buy more of the same thing. Um, and again, ties well with the growing love of nostalgia, 90s themes. Um, just jewellery for men, I think, has grown quite a lot. Again, helped by Chamelet and Harry Styles, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. They're sort of putting forward this more romantic way of dressing. <laughs> Have you all seen that um, Dwayne Johnson photo of yeah. him with the chain oh. layered on top of the turtleneck? I feel like he dressed like this yeah. a lot. I feel mm -hmm. like that's a I look. I wear that outfit a lot. And I also realise he's got a fanny pack on as well. Yeah. So he's really oh, hit all trends of 2019 yeah. 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 in one look mm -hmm. from... And the big watch. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. 2019 <laughs> in one picture. Google yeah. image. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> and on the sixth day of Christmas, uh, there was uh, my trailer gave to me six geese laying, but we don't want geese laying anywhere near our uh, our outerwear <laughs> this year, do we? Absolutely no. not. So obviously news um, of the recent ban on the production and sale of fur in California, as well as consumer demand for more sustainable products. Um, 2019 really has been a year of sustainability. So um, in this aspect, um, retailers are starting to look at more animal-friendly alternatives for this particular fabric. Um, and faux fur is going to be a mainstay within winter buys, um, not just in the mass market where we've obviously seen faux fur for quite some time so that retailers can and hit a lower price point, but also in the luxury market where many brands have grown their business on the production of, um, of apparel using skins and fur. So they're doing a complete 180 as well. Notably, we've seen Gucci, Prada, all the big guys really start to ditch fur and looking for more um, eco-friendly alternatives. Um, but are they eco-friendly? But are the they? Exactly. Well, I think retailers need to be really careful with like eco-friendly mm. products and fabrics. They need to just make sure that they are actually eco-friendly. They're not causing more harm to the environment. They're not like needing lots of chemicals to be used in order to produce them, um, or like an entire new process just to be able to get rid of them. Absolutely, I think they think animal-friendly, but actually, then maybe the fact that it's like a plastic product actually is that. Mm. the impact of that product in itself are they having a, a thoughtful yeah. alternative yeah Definitely. well Fofa's still still kind of on the rise for men's 
on trims, lapels, collars, hoods, even like all over, um, it's definitely staking a much larger proportion of outerwear this fall. Mm. Rose, I think, 75% year on year across the US and UK for menswear. Wow. Um, vegan leather, similarly, is really growing. Veganuary is coming up, so retailers want to jump on that, mm. not miss out on the kind of current buzz. And then um, I was uh, on Instagram this week looking at the brand Pangea, who basically released um, Flower Down, they've called it, which is a capsule of puffers filled with natural wildflowers, mm. which is really amazing. <laughs> wow. It's this, wow. It's basically, it's yeah, it's called Flower Down. It's, um, it's, it's produced entirely from, from wild, natural wildflowers and is 100% biodegradable. Amazing. Which is are they dried before they're put into? One would hope so. Right? I think things <laughs> that are biodegradable that you've got to be really careful because they require quite like specific, a quite specific environment in order to biodegrade, like a specific temperature. It's not just like, oh, I'm just going to put this in the bin and it's going to like biodegrade. Mm. It's you know, it's it's mm. got to be at a specific temperature. It's got to be in the right environment. So. I know because there was a lot of pushback, wasn't there, about Amazon particularly with that, but also, you know, biodegradable plastic bottles, for mm. example, and the fact that they have to have exactly the right environment yeah. to be able to biodegrade, which the energy to create that, yeah. again, is that environmentally friendly. It's just like a whole new process that we need yeah. to start dealing with in order to yeah. break these down. And it's, it's not just with um, apparel, like you were saying as well, with packaging, especially in the beauty industry. We're starting to see a real shift towards like reusable, reusable canisters or brands selling larger versions, so you're buying less. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's another shift um, you know, in terms of sustainability in 2019, something that all retailers need to think of, you know, not just the product, but also what it comes in. Mm-hmm. And on the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven swans of swimming. Let's talk about swimwear, ladies. <laughs> Again, another area that we're going to see have a huge overhaul in terms of the fabrication that's used. Of course, swimwear isn't biodegradable and it is built so it does withstand the salt, the chlorine um, movement on your body swimming underwater. So a lot of retailers are investigating and innovating with new fabrics, um, a lot of recycled fabrications coming from old fishing nets or old bottles to create something new. Um, Reformation and Madewell in particular are quite good at this. Um, In terms of trends um, off the back of Miami swimwear, Neon is looking to have another huge year. Um, And in terms of silhouettes, we're seeing one shoulders across both swimwear, uh, one pieces and bikinis as well. I think swimwear within men's doesn't really change that drastically sort of year on year. Um, I think the rise in board culture, though, is somewhere retailers really should focus, like surf inspirations in particular. Um, they kind of offer a new way to promote swimwear. Uh, it's also a great angle for the teen market, the sort of visco boy, visco girl customer. Um, Eco swimwear, again, is a great way um, to introduce more sustainable fabrics within menswear because it kind of gets a bit lost, the whole sustainability story, I think. Within menswear Yeah, within whole. menswear. It's just not as, like... People aren't kind of shouting about it as much, I think. Do you think there's maybe a less of a throwaway culture in menswear than there is Oh, than absolutely. There is I think that men, to that. men are more likely to kind of invest in like high quality fabrics that will last them a lot longer. Mm. So there's definitely that at play. But yeah. But it's definitely something you can see becoming more important. I think I think it's going to be impossible for it not to be. Yeah. I think swimwear in particular is a category where you've seen a real shift in 
sustainable fabrics being used in 2019 especially it'll be really interesting I think to see where it goes mm-hmm. yeah. next year just requires a lot more innovation I guess doesn't yeah. it and, and it's also an easy category to kind of test the waters with yeah mm-hmm. so especially as you're probably going to be using one fabric across multiple different silhouettes Absolutely. and there's opportunity there from a cost perspective and Definitely. margin okay next <laughs> my personal favorite um on the eighth day of christmas my true love gave to me eight maids are milking yeah, I think this one's going to be just a no, women's wear you're not focus trend. Into this? I think I'm, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. <laughs> well, Milkmaid um, silhouettes have had a huge year across tops and dresses categories, um, and I think they were so notable because they complement the puff sleeve silhouette that we have seen completely define um, women's wear for 2019. Um, in fact, in September we recorded a 114% increase year on year in that particular silhouette. You'd have to have been living under a rock to have not seen a puff sleeve Mm. outfit this year. Yeah, and on the runway as well, um, it just ties back into that whole romantic, um, traditionally ultra-feminine story um, that we can expect to continue translating into retailers' assortments. So the milkmaid silhouette um, and voluminous, 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 voluminous. Like Timothy, it's a really Chalamet. hard word. It's really hard word. Um, will still be important in 2020, um, especially as these wider feminine themes are really quite prominent in pop culture. We've just had the release of Little Woman, the new Little Woman movie, um, as well as The Crown has had its new series with a lot of nods to traditional costume dressing in there. So desperate to see Little Women. Haven't seen it yet. Really want to watch it. Uh, and then, like, basically, I was ill last week and just sat in and watched the entire crowd. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I felt I like finished I'm kind of well. up yeah. on my uh, traditional costumes. Well, I've <laughs> just been keeping tabs on Prince Andrew's scandal. Oh, dear. And a straightforward shooting weekends. <laughs> and on the ninth day of Christmas, and apparently at the Christmas party last week, there were nine ladies dancing... Slash slut dropping. Slash slut dropping. <laughs> we Tell us all to, about we it. We basically had to act out this song. Yeah, and like thanks, we're doing now. Thanks to Kayla <laughs> doing the splits in the middle of uh, Bunga Bunga in Covent Garden, we got free shots. Yeah. It Fabulous was, It was a happy day and it thanks. was a wonderful thanks, display. Kayla. No worries. <laughs> There's not a lot I won't do for a free shot, so (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome. Um, (laughs) So while we're having our Christmas party, um, you know, everyone else is as well. So retailers are really taking this opportunity to start promoting their party wear edits. Um, We have noticed a trend in retailers leaving it a bit late. There's certainly more opportunity to really drive um, this kind of theme before Christmas starts to hit Um, and even tie it in with promoting nightwear and loungewear for those who maybe, like myself, might want a quiet night in. It's a lie. (laughs) Lies. It's a lie. I think we all need a quiet night yeah. in at the moment. Just not Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine Kayla perusing nightwear and loungewear over party wear oh, anytime. The new, the new skims, though. Okay, fine. Yeah, that, that makes the that makes quite sense. lovely. Oh yeah, right. but I think you would wear that out. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could like with my strappy heels. Yeah. Yeah. I could see you doing that. And then it saves from having like a big teddy coat because you're just yeah. you're already rugged up. Yeah. Did you buy any of the cosy collection? 
Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> We're hanging out for payday, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kayla, if I was, uh, what, what should I wear next year for the office Christmas party? It's a great question. Tell me. Wow. So obviously we're about to usher in um, a new decade, 2020 next year. So, um, you know, much like we've seen across other areas in fashion, there's all these nods to nostalgic trends, particularly from the early orties in um, occasion wears. We had such iconic party girls back there. We had Paris and Nicole and Lindsay Lohan. Um, and fashion retailers have been really smart capitalising on this particular nostalgia. Um, we've seen so many replicas of that iconic silver party dress. Um, and then that has helped bump up the popularity of cow necks by about 74% in arrivals, so I would definitely recommend you do the silver mini dress as per Paris Hilton and Kendall Jenner, oh, who right, did it again yeah. recently. I think I actually have a silver mini dress. You probably do. Well, yeah. we were talking about cowl necks at the Christmas party, being like it's such an under, like stated neckline, and when you see it, it's just always effective, isn't it? It yeah. always looks great on loads of different people. It does. It's a bit underrated, definitely. It really is. Mm. Underpotentialized, oh, I think too. Yeah. And then, of course, accessories. Um, oh, now this is my favorite. I think everyone knows what I'm going to say here. Obviously, the mini bag. Um, thank you, Lizzo. Um, what would we do without Lizzo? And the, the beautiful Valentino mini bag. No, Valentine Ho, actually. Valentine Ho. Exactly. Oh, I like that. Yes. I like that. <laughs> uh, for men's, there's definitely been a shift to more luxurious fabrics and textures. Sort of silk shirts again. Harry Styles leading the way. Yeah. Uh, we can expect to see a lot more of that next year. Zara even dropped a sheer option in their partywear lineup this year, um, which has been a huge trend on the recent runway. Uh, they did photograph it over another shirt for the more modest man. Yeah, just because you know, no one wants to see nips at the Christmas party. <laughs> um, Maybe after ten pm. Now I'll after about free shots. <laughs> Um, so it's less about embellishment and more about texture. Velvet blazers, they're not going anywhere. Uh, but retailers should probably move away from the super traditional forms of tailoring. So edge towards the casual. So that kind of more romantic um, yeah. feel really pervading through there as well. Exactly. Amazing. We saw a lot. Yeah, we did see a lot of velvet suiting, didn't we, at the Christmas party? We did. In lots of like rich tones. Mm, yeah. bugs. Yeah, forest green. Yeah, but I can imagine with things like the kimono and stuff happening, you'll get things like the smoking jacket and Absolutely. that kind of like softer, more, mm-hmm. more kind of uh, fluid tailoring coming through. Layered over, you know, a turtleneck. Or a sheer. Or a sheer, sheer turtleneck. <laughs> Even better. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. With a chain. For <laughs> men's wear assortment for Christmas. <laughs> Sorted. Sorted. And then on the 10th day of Christmas, uh, Grace. My edited analysts gave to me, not lords are leaping, but lots of people leaping in activewear. Well, it's January and so retailers and consumers alike are thinking about that new year, new me mentality. So it is the perfect time to promote um, activewear. Um, And of course, as this um, market continues to grow, more fashion brands are getting involved and building their own ranges in order to compete with the likes of Adidas and Nike that are already out there and claim some of that market for themselves. Um, In the past year, we've seen retailers like American Eagle Outfitters and Old Navy really integrate um, activewear into their, their ranges and do it really well. I think January as well is a great opportunity to get fitness influencers involved to kind of promote new ranges or existing ones or uh, I think 
Boohoo Man, they used January to promote the launch of their new activewear line, and that was just hugely successful. So January is the month for activewear. New year, new me, new wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) There's lots of opportunity, I think, isn't there, at that time of year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's interesting to see, like, um, all these niche items that have emerged in the activewear space. So this year we saw Outdoor Voices promote the exercise dress. Um, and obviously that got so much press coverage, but we didn't really quite see it take off. I think it's still would a bit you niche. Would you exercise dress? I totally would. would you? I actually saw a friend of mine wearing one of those no. on Instagram. W- was she in the gym, though, or was she...? She was doing, like, a Legree uh, workshop, you know, kind of Pilates-esque thing. It's just like, and it looked great. Do you wear... What do you wear underneath it? Like... I'm assuming there's some built-in shorts, or at least I'd hope so. Yeah, it feels downward dogs would (laughs) be. I guess guess the only thing is it feels quite tennessy. Yeah, it does. I can't imagine being like on my bike at spin, you Mm -hmm. know, in my little exercise dress. Um, So I think you know, if retailers are going to back into um, back this particular item, you know, it's great to consider the nostalgic details and really promote it as more of a lifestyle Mm -hmm. piece instead of something that you're actually going to sweat in. Yeah, <laughs> not sure it's going to kick off in the men's market. No, I think anything reversible though will. <laughs> so sports jackets, tops. Uh, I think men love function, um, and the fact that they could wear it twice and and have it in either different colorways or fabrics. That's you know great. Uh, in fall, we saw a hundred and forty percent year on year increase in the UK and hundred and eighty percent in the US for reversible product. Oh. Um, so that's going to be really important. Um, in terms of colour, uh, yes, neutrals are really important, but for sportswear, I think bright shades always do really well. Mm. And patterns as well. Um, we often see um, performance wear imitating what's happening in your day-to-day apparel. So obviously animal print has been huge and still is. Um, and that's the same going for, for your active wear. Um, leopard print leggings, Yeah, definitely ones to watch. Okay, so you're going to have to explain this one to me. You're going to have to explain it. <laughs> On the 11th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 11 pipers piping. So I believe that 11 pipers piping refers to the 11 wise apostles. Faithful. Faithful. Were they faithful? Faithful. There we go. Faithful. And so, you know, from that, we sort of took it to mean we thought we'd talk about cult brands. As in cool. people with a loyal following. Exactly. See, exactly. seamless, everyone. So seamless. seamless. <laughs> oh God. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we thought we'd fit in nicely after your your brilliant chat last yeah. week with yeah. Hannah McGee. With Hannah. We thought we'd we we thought we'd take more of a menswear angle with it though. I think cult brands are sort of forgotten about a little bit within menswear. Mm. Um, but I think thanks to social media and the Visco generation, we've seen sort of more come to the forefront. Mm. Streetwear plays such a big part in the rise of cult brands within menswear. So brands like Palace and Supreme have like really flourished in recent years thanks to social media. Uh, they have such a loyal following because, you know, they're constantly dropping smaller um, Collections, so their consumers feel like they're buying something special. Um, I think another uh, brand to highlight is the Uniqlo U line, which is designed by Christophe Lemaire. I think that initially launched in 2016, and it was just supposed to be a sort of like one-off collab. Maybe they do in like another season, but it's still going and it's still so successful. 
Uh, it's competitively priced, and it just kind of focuses on really like beautiful classic pieces, which I think is key for like cult brands. Mm. So like wardrobe staples in exactly. the menswear. Yeah, exactly. And I have more luxury under the spectrum. You have Offscene General, and they do this really well as well. So they've been around since 2012, and they've definitely developed cult status. Such a huge loyal following, and their creative director attributes this to, in his words, we show the right product at the right moment. So we edited, love that. Um, and so it's not about gimmicks. It's not about like wacky concepts. It's just really good pieces. That people want to buy. Exactly. I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because I feel like when I think of cult brands in menswear, I immediately think of streetwear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's nice to have examples that aren't Yeah, it's not just about streetwear, yeah. But yeah. I think it's pretty dominant. Absolutely. Are there any brands that you guys are seeing for 2020 that are kind of rising in the ranks? I think what's interesting is it'll be like brands that are already established, um, but we're seeing that they are now in favour. So, Mm. you know, the past few years, it's all been dominated by Gucci, Balenciaga, Off-White, and now we're seeing uh, Bottega Veneta, obviously, is the go-to brand, you know, Mm -hmm. encapsulating... I want the bag, Mm. I want those shoes. I want the shoes, I want the mules, I want the bag... Mm. Where did that where did that come from? Where did Bottega come from? Well they've been around, they just got a new designer and now that yeah. there's the gap in the market for old Celine, uh-huh. um, now yeah. that Phoebe's no longer there, yeah. you know, they're giving us our, our Philo fix. And they really cleared up at the British Fashion Awards, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Multiple. So obviously new brands will continue to pop up, but we'll also see there will is like a kind of shift, especially in the luxury space, I think, when so many designers are hopping from brand to brand mm. and then it kind of, you know, their consumers kind of follow them and it mm. shifts their consumer perception on a brand. So then different ones are in favour depending on, you know, where a particular designer is is um, at the helm at that particular time. Yeah. Like yeah. Virgil Abloh, he could do mm. no wrong. He he totally. Like he, he could literally go to any design house and it will do well. He's like yeah. a cult designer, isn't he? Yeah. Like we he's talk like, about cult brands, but he's like a cult designer. Like people yeah. loyally follow him. Yeah. Like Virgil Abloh's gospel. Like yeah. Whatever yeah. he says is, yeah. is right. He goes to Ikea. We all want to buy. Yeah. We, all we all want to shop at Ikea anyway, but now we yeah. We all have to shop at Ikea. Now we have to shop at Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> Virgil said. <laughs> and finally, on the 12th day of Christmas. Oh, I thought we'd oh. never get here. I know. <laughs> I know. And it's all about it. birds. It's all about birds. On <laughs> <laughs> the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 12 drummers drumming, which leads us nicely to band tees and merch, I believe. Yes. So not a new concept, but again, like everything is seeing a comeback. There is a huge resurgence of 90s hip-hop and grunge. Um, Nirvana has been in the news lately um, with, at the end of 2018, Mark Jacobs um, cheekily knocked off the smiley face logo um, and then we had Kurt Cobain's cardigan recently selling at auction for th- over 300k which I cannot get over because you know if I get a cigarette burn on my cardigan no one wants it and you know <laughs> you, can't you, sold it, you sold it on Depop they, oh, they just wanted a discount for the cigarette burn I think that was a pasta stain a actually <laughs> <laughs> oh right <laughs> I feel like their smiley face logos cropping up everywhere even like Justin Bieber's new Drew line that you may have seen Romeo Beckham wearing in the recent video we did with Victoria doing Spice Up Your Life (laughs) the Quavo Man collaboration had the smiley face Mm. I feel like that's a huge graphic for 
Yeah. It's just the way you reinterpret it as well, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we're seeing it being taken away from grunge and being, you know, incorporated into streetwear. And mm. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, and also what we found was um, that this trend is actually, in terms of grunge and in terms of um, paying homage to Nirvana, it's actually more prominent for yeah, in women's wear than men's wear. We saw a 27% increase um, over the past three months compared to three months prior for women's wear, well as, whereas men's Nirvana products in the mass market actually decreased by 18%. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So off the back of like Bohemian Rhapsody and the upcoming David Bowie memoir, Glamrock t-shirts of Queen, Prince, Bowie are currently in stock and have increased by 85% within menswear. So it's almost a bit of a gender swap. So more grunge aesthetic is dying out and instead we're seeing men make bolder choices like Bowie and Freddie. Um, and again, Harry, <laughs> Harry, Harry. I sound like I'm obsessed with it Harry. It does sound like and you're I obsessed swear, with Harry. I swear, I actually don't care about him that much. <laughs> I care. But he's, he's a prime example of this aesthetic, well, sort he, of glam rock vibe. He can really do no wrong at he, the moment. Yeah. He's just, he's what a legend. Yeah. Love that's Harry. Great. Yeah, that's, that's the note that I'll leave you on. Harry is great. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've learned nothing else in yeah. this podcast. Just do as Harry does. Yeah, do as <laughs> Harry does. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much yeah. for joining us today. We had lots and lots of fun. Oh, thank you for being Thank you for listening to Unedited. If you've enjoyed today's conversations with Kayla and Tara, make sure you subscribe to keep in the loop with upcoming episodes. It would make our day if you could rate, review, or subscribe to us. You can get in contact at unedited at edited.com or tweet us at edited edited underscore hq that's easy for you to say grace just about <laughs> goodbye bye